we are live guys welcome back to another episode of when two or more with the macaws uh it's been an exciting week obviously last week we kind of talked about happiness and where to find that but this week we've got a special guest with us we have wiccan wanderers defender uh, jason mccarthy it's going to be fantastic just to get into that obviously some of you will know that i'm incredibly passionate about sports but also interested in the faith side of those and where those two to come together. So there is no one better really than, than a professional footballer like Jason, who is a fantastic baller. Um, love what he brings to the, uh, we just had a joke actually about him being a defender, but actually pushing and being, uh, being part of the goals and being involved after getting an assist very recently. Fantastic. Um, but also, you know, a really incredibly passionate Christian that just has a heart to share the gospel and take every opportunity to do that um, and take that that mandate very seriously. And I really appreciate that. So without further ado, let's bring Jason in. Jason, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Stuart. Thank you very much for having me. It's a very, very nice welcome. <laughs> you like it? I just moved in from our <laughs> vaccine <laughs> conversation and in. Mate, just just first and foremost, just want to take the time just to to honour you. Like what from what I've seen, you are a passionate evangelist, um, and and God's really like we're going to get into this, of course. But from what I understand, God's really spoken to you, and and you've really had a personal experience and encounter that is that is like no other, really. But I know I know we can all say that, but I really. You've had kind of the encounter moment. You've had transitions through relationships. Just, I'm really honoured that you are just so willing to say, I just want to take every opportunity to share that story. Um, so thank you very much for taking this opportunity. Nah, you're, you're welcome, Stuart. And um, you know what? I think my heart for, to share and to evangelise is... Um, it's never really left from the moment that I counted the Lord because mm. I just couldn't believe when I, when God revealed himself to me. I just couldn't believe that this, this was real, that the creator of the universe, you know, the creator of everything and who formed me and wanted me on this earth right now mm. wants relationship. Like, and ever, ever since I knew that and I found that out, I just wanted to tell everyone. I wanted mm. it. It's like just having the best news ever and not sharing it with people around you. It mm. doesn't make sense. So it hasn't stopped since I found out um, I've got such a heart to share. I feel, I feel great when I share. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I just, I just want people to have what, what God's given me. That's brilliant, mate. That's fantastic. So let's let's go back to the start, Jason, because you share such a, a a fire. But you weren't brought up in a Christian home, were you? Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, I I was. I had a really good upbringing. Um, my dad had a really good job. Um, my mum didn't have to work, so um, yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't in a. Didn't have a like a upbringing where. Um, I necessarily was searching for something better or even a father figure. My dad was, my dad was, I was really close and still am with my dad. Um, my parents were brilliant to me in raising me. Um, uh, we always had what we needed and they were always willing to traipse me up and down the country to, to football games and stuff like that. Went to good schools. Um, and yeah, like I said, they they did a great job, um, mm. but there was no element of faith in the family. We'd sometimes have the conversation around the dinner table: Do we think God is real and mm. um, stuff like that? And you know, I would never. I always remembered. I would never say no. I didn't. I, I would always have um, an openness to it, mm. um, and I always had um, a curious mind. Looking back now, when I was a kid you know I, I always wanted to learn I always wanted to better myself and um, so I, I, I would definitely say that I was open and I, I really believe that a lot of the time that that's all that God needs he mm. needs an open heart he yeah. needs someone who is open and willing to listen to him and 
because, like I said at, at the start, I believe God wants relationship, and I believe we have an open heart, and we're open to that idea. I believe that God will, God's standing at the door. You know, we just need to open that door, mm. and um, so yeah, no, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, um, mm. so yeah, I had no element of faith in my family. So when I did um, come to know the Lord. It was an interesting one for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. Where, where do you think you got that uh, such openness from? Because not everyone's like that, are they? You know, are your parents like, very open to different ideas and, and understanding on that? Um, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't say so. I would probably say that you know my family are quite strong on you know what they what they think, and they definitely. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say necessarily. I think that God has just placed that in me. I think yeah. we're all very unique and very different. Um, I've got two children. We've raised them. I know they're only, they're only very young at the moment, but we've both raised mm. them very, very similarly. Mm. And one loves his food and the other doesn't. <laughs> like We've done the exact same thing with yeah. both children, yeah. but one of them yeah. won't eat and the other one will. Yeah. So, I can't really explain that to you, but all I know is that God yeah. put that in me yeah. and that he had, he given me an open heart and, um, yeah. That's fantastic. What were, what was values that were important to Jason when you were younger? What did you go that's, for? Yes. That's a good question. Work hard. I always had that. My, my, um, mum and dad installed that in me and like I said, I had a good upbringing, but, that didn't mean that, you know, I had to work for everything. And my dad wouldn't let me score in the garden if he was in goal. Like I had to, I had to work to score, you know, yeah. or, and <coughs> he would often do things like, if you want that new pair of boots, you got to do 500 keep your feet or 30 keep your feet with your left foot, like, and stuff yeah. like that. So it, it, yeah, it, I think my dad saw in me that mm -hmm. and he, um, he pushed it, I think, and it naturally created hard work. Um, yeah. And um, I would say also something that was installed in me from young was um, I liked leading. I liked to lead groups. Um, I would always been captain of my age group at football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I often quite liked the responsibility of leading people or taking hold of a situation. Mm. Um so, yeah, I would probably say they're the two standouts. Brilliant. That's brilliant. And are you that father now, Jason? Um, I would say no. I would say yeah. I'm quite different. Really? Um, yeah, it's interesting because my dad, um, I was actually having this conversation with my dad the other day. And I right. said, um, you know, I thought sometimes my dad probably pushed me too much um, where... You know, I remember car journeys home where maybe he'd, he'd had a bit of a pop at me right. and they stuck with me. And I thought, mm -hmm. you know, it was always maybe in the case of he thought I wasn't trying hard. It would never be just because of my performance. It'd be maybe mm -hmm. because of my attitude. So yeah. I understood it. But um, I think I wouldn't be as hard as that on, on, on my son. And I want mm -hmm. maybe do it in a different way. You know, mm -hmm. not to say I wouldn't. I wouldn't push push mm. my children if I knew that they enjoyed something and they really loved it. And because you're all going to go through dips and times where we don't like that thing as much, we don't like that element of that. Yeah. Um, in this sense, football so much, but we have to ride it, and we have to have someone, I guess, at them younger ages, guiding us and pushing us mm -hmm. in the right direction. But I guess mm. you know because I have I have the Lord and. I hope my son and my daughter will grow up, you know, knowing the Lord too, mm. is that maybe our conversations and the way that our outlook will be a little bit different in terms of how we go about that. Um, mm. So, yeah. That's brilliant. I think it's great, you know, when you've got a similar situation to yourself. I had a great, I have a great mom and dad. I love them, them dearly. And it very much taught me that I can, 
I can learn something. Even if someone does something incredibly bad or in ways I disagree with, I can learn yeah. something from it. I can learn that I didn't like feeling that way and I can we can adjust and, you know, I'm not a father yet, but I'm sure you've done the same and gone, okay, what did I like about it? What can I improve? <coughs> what didn't I like about it? And we still love our parents for for that. That's That's fantastic. So when you were young, how did you, were you, was your, I, I asked this question to Azazi. I said, was this football talent something that stood out? So was your football talent something that stood out naturally or did you work for it? I guess from what you've said, that work rate was definitely there. Was that natural ability there as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like Definitely it was an element of um, both. Um, I think pretty much any footballer will probably say this, mm. um, is um, when I first started kicking the ball, my dad always said he knew that there was something about okay. you know the way i was striking the ball you know my dad was a big football fan himself so yeah. he had a knowledge so he knew i was you know half decent um but when i got to academy football when it started getting like interesting mm. and it started getting a bit more important mm. i quickly knew that all these other players in this age group are just as good as me technically if not better so i knew at that point that i had to work hard mm -hmm. and that's where my leadership started coming to the fore as well where i thought you know if i can add that string to my bow you know which is something i can completely control it's something that i'm naturally quite good at then you know that that can be impressive too so you know i yeah. would definitely say that i had to work really hard to to get where i am now yeah yeah and i'm sure that element of your dad pushing you were kind of used to going right competition as it were and, and dig into it yeah definitely and Brilliant. um yeah that that definitely formed that winner in me and um yeah i i thank i thank my dad for that yeah a lot that's fantastic. It's, it's so interesting how God just puts people in our lives to prepare us for the, the plans that he has for us, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. 100%, yeah. you know. Um, and the journeys we go on, you know, my, yeah. me and my wife had a very different relationship to the one we do now, like, yeah. <coughs> in terms of when we first met. And, yeah. um, and God knew you know god yeah. knew that we, we were going to be right for each other and that ultimately it would end in salvation we yeah. didn't know that at the time yeah. and um like you said it's true god places people in our life yeah. for his will and it's sometimes amazing. you can only see that with hindsight can't you it's exactly exactly you must look back at your life and go oh <laughs> these things have just managed to line up and and you'll continue to do that and that's fantastic yeah no, 100%. It's, part, it's part of it's part of testimony it's such a beautiful thing isn't it as in you can look back and go yeah these things have, have lined up and and i can see that this is god working in my life you know even even before i knew it yeah no definitely and i guess when we talk through my my career and where we where i've gone you'll be able to see that in that as well like if i didn't have yeah. such a bad time there then i wouldn't have gone there and then i wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't have happened so yeah, yeah. no definitely that's fantastic. So that's a great segue into where did you start club wise, Jason? So I was born in Southampton, um, okay. raised in Southampton, and um, I just came through the academy there from the age of um, eight mm -hmm. right the way through. Um, I um, I was captain of the reserve team, and then I made my debut under Ronald Koeman, um okay. which was amazing and. Mm -hmm. I first started getting a little glimpse of the first team when Mauricio Pochettino was there. Okay. So I had an amazing schooling straight into the first team. Like I had these two incredible managers um, and I learned so much from them two, three years when I was around the first team. Mm. It was, um, it was, it was awesome. Um, and uh, the year after I made my debut, I then went. I then started going the loan route. And I started going on the online. Okay, okay. So, what? Who did you? Who did you go up? Is there any names? I guess you went up that we would know that went up through the, the Southampton um, academy. 
Yeah, so <coughs> my year group was mm. um, me, Matt Target, the yeah. Aston Villa left back. Yeah, of course. And uh, Sam Gallagher, the Blackburn centre forward as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. us three, I would say, have like, we've came through and we're mm-hmm. going on to have careers. And yeah. the year above from me was yeah. like the golden year. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the year above so like free coming through in an age group to go on and have careers is a pretty good return but yes, the, year, yes. the, the year above from me was Luke Shaw James yes. Ward-Prowse um, Callum Chambers um, Harrison Reed at Fulham um, it's incredible and then you've got um, Jordan, Jordan Turnbull who's at Salford City um, yeah. centre back um Sam McQueen, who's still at Southampton, um, he's had a few injury problems, so it it was crazy. The year above for me was was ridiculous. Yeah. Like that must have done you guys wonders. Like to, to that's that's what you're aiming for. That's where you're going for. I know, obviously, they weren't where they are now then, but yeah. the, the the standard, the quality, must have just been like you know pushing you guys on. Oh yeah. Hunt- hundred percent hundred percent we knew that these guys were getting offered like four-year contracts at at 12 like and we were just like wow we, like that's that's what we want to be doing and yeah yeah we would often play against them and get we'd get smashed yeah and like you just saw the standard like yeah. um but i was quite like in my age group me and matt target were quite highly rated so sometimes we would go up and train with them or play with them on a saturday Amazing. and it just gave you such a good idea of what you know yeah. what the standards were like and i knew just from how the club were with these this group of players in particular that um they they had a bright future so you start yeah. sort of um weighing yourself up against them and you think you know what am i like compared to yeah. these guys and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. sort of thing so yeah that's phenomenal mate that what an opportunity i'm i'm a i'm a chelsea fan um at heart and and academy is kind of the word on every chelsea fan's lips at the moment because of what frank lampard did and came and left and so i, I realized how important that would have that that would have been for you and you know that it seems to be that that kind of first team is is the goal obviously but but that academy a culture is so important in order to prepare for that first team yeah no definitely it is it is mm. definitely and was Southampton the goal for you, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, it was. A hundred percent. I wanted to get in the first team. Um obviously mm. like I said, I was um I was born and raised in Southampton. Yeah. So I I had a lot of family who were fans and all my friends at school knew, you know, I was in the academy and you know that I made my debut and I was on the bench a lot that season as well. So yeah, and like I I, I, I um, we won the twenty, the under twenty ones cup as well, and I was okay. like captain. There was like a big article how I was like the next one on the conveyor belt, mm. and I saw it and I felt it, and like, I, I I thought I was going to break in, and I thought that I was going to just get in uh, and mm. and stay in really in the first team. Yeah, but um, it just didn't quite happen, and mm. um, I went like I said, I then went the loan route. And uh, yeah. my loans, if I'm being honest, couldn't have gone better. But okay. I, they, they ended up often to um, opting to to sell me to a championship club in the end. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I sort of accepted that towards the end. But before I went on loan, I, I thought that I was going to stay there, and I thought that I was going to break mm-hmm. through. Yeah, yeah. So was it a big thing to move when you when you were? you were moved out on loan was was back to Southampton always the goal or does that then that club become I want to do as best I can here or or, or a bit of both in fact maybe. yeah well well first of all it's good to mention that at this point I didn't know the Lord so I yeah. I had a lot of pride to start yeah. with when I first went out on loan <clears throat> so I think it could have been avoided so like I said when I was about 18 19 I'd done a full season with the first team. I was on the bench and I made my debut. Pretty much, pretty much the whole season I was on the bench. 
So the following year, in my mind, I need to progress each year. So I sort of gave the club, in a way, an ultimatum to say, am I going to be involved? Am I going to play in the cup games? Yeah. Um, Am I going to be training with the first team all the time now? Not seen as like a a reserve team player stepping up. Mm -hmm. Am I going to be known as a first team player? And I wanted to see that progression. Mm. Which, uh, when looking back now, it's a bit silly at 19, having played one, made one appearance, giving Southampton Football Club a bit of an ultimatum. Yeah. It mm. wasn't, and it wasn't from bad intentions. It no. was from me simply wanting to progress and keep that pushing is, myself forward. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. But now looking back, I can see that it maybe could have been taken the wrong way. Yeah. Anyway, that um, I think that sort of pushed the club into a corner. That they said that I was I was going to stay and be a part of it. I ended up not being, and then I went on loan. Um, and as soon as um, I ended up opting to go on loan, my initial thoughts were I was nervous. Um, I knew I sort of knew that in football, when you're a young player, when you step out on loan, your your first loan has to go well, really. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult for you because the fact that someone's taken a chance on a 19-year-old defender anyway in the Football mm-hmm. League when they've got experienced players who have played three or 400 games, you know, they're taking a risk. Yeah. Like, if that doesn't go well for the player, who yeah. else is going to take that risk? So I knew yes. that it had to go well. Um, okay. But it couldn't have gone better, my first, yeah. my first loan. Where, where was that? Which club was it, Jason? It was at Wickham, so the club I'm oh, at now. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. You've had some skills there, haven't you? Since. <coughs> yeah. That I was have. the first of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is my first spell. The same manager. Um, we were in League Two at the time, so. Okay. <coughs> the club were in a completely different situation. Amazing. Um, but I did really well. I got a pair of the season. I played like every game. Um, and then the following year, I went to Walsall, which was a league up in League One. Mm. I did I did really, really well again. I got player of the season. I played every minute. Um, mm. And then I was in the final year of my contract at Southampton. So mm-hmm. I was 21 at this point. I sort of ticked off League Two, ticked off League One. Yeah. I was now stepping. I thought, right, you know, I'm a year left on my contract. I was kind of expecting Southampton to go, right, new deal on loan in the championship do that and then you're going to be pretty much ready to go Mm. um i knew that i was championship interest around me um but southampton decided to 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 cash in i guess and you know it wasn't a lot of money for them um Mm. but um that was how it went and to be fair um i remember in the meeting being told by my agent that that was what they wanted to do and i was okay with it I, I still thought when I was on loan at times, right, the goal is to go back to Southampton and to try and break in. Yeah. But my career was taking such a trajectory and path, I mm. thought, well, you know, even if it's not with Southampton, if I keep going how I'm going, then there's no reason why I can't get to the Premier League. So, yeah, that that was my in my, my thought process. That's, that's incredible. So you're on this trajectory. You've finished it. You, you then, who did... Southampton then sell you on to? This is Barnsley. Barnsley. So, you move it to Barnsley from there. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And and we're, we're coming to a moment um, in your career that it all changes, aren't we? Yeah. Um, as it, and, and run us through this because this is – thank you so much for explaining that context because it's going to give this listeners how important that – that moment is because because the the wider sense is you're going yes tick yes tick okay yes tick but there's a progression isn't there lead us yeah. through what happens at barnsley jason no it's good yeah 100 percent. i was like in my mind i thought i was just going one way and um i hadn't like i said i had a good upbringing mm. i'd had um good experiences in football in terms of rejection um, only really Southampton letting me go, but I was even sold for a fee. So I thought, do you know what? It's not a bad thing. My career is going one way. And um, I hadn't experienced any kind of uh, family loss, anything like this. And it was a big move for me going up north. Like I said, I was close with my family, close with my parents. 
Yeah. Um, at this point, the furthest I'd gone is the Midlands, and I was on loan, so I was coming back and forth quite often mm. um, to Southampton. But this was a move away. This was a five-hour um, trek from Southampton up to up to Yorkshire, mm. and um, I um, within the first month, I couldn't believe what had happened. Um, I signed for the club. I was so excited. Couldn't wait to move up north. I was on a good contract. I thought, wow, this is this is good. This is what we're talking about. Within the first month, I was held at knife point. Um, I was um, I was assaulted in a nightclub, um, and my uncle passed away, who I was very very close with, and my granddad passed away within I think it was within three days. They both passed away. Um, so, like, I could. I couldn't like wrap my head around everything that was going on. Like I said, I was away from my family. This was my mm. dad's dad and my dad's brother. Yeah. Close, closer to my dad, obviously. So I'm seeing my yeah. dad like go through like real hardship. I can't mm. really get back and see him. And um, I didn't want to tell people about what was going on as well. The, yeah. the not being held at knife point was um, something my teammates did know about because I was with another one of my teammates so um, but um, I couldn't believe what had happened within the first month and I very very quickly realised that um, football was kind of everything I'm, I based my happiness off yeah yeah that's a huge lesson to come away from from these events um, very very quite unique lesson to come away from um, what was it that kind of but also it's quite separate isn't it as in these are all events that have happened in your personal life what was what was the did you just realize that i guess the break and the, the runaway to kind of football was where you were getting peace from or how did that come about do you know yeah so mm. i would say i found it in particular when it got taken away and um yeah. many other things happened in that um, time when I was at Barnsley, um, more stuff, and it was just a real tough time off the pitch. And mm. I knew that I knew that I just couldn't wait to get into the club, and um, I didn't really want to be at home. I didn't want to be alone, so I would often just ask people to go for dinner, or um, I just I would stay longer at football than I needed to. I just didn't really want to be alone. I didn't want to be on my own with my own thoughts. Um, and I loved the Saturday at three o'clock. Like I loved it because it was just, or training. It was just something yeah. I didn't have to think about what was going on off the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I could just focus on football. So I knew yeah. that football was my like real release. And I was yeah. happy in admitting that to people. Like, mm. and when, um, so the inevitable happened in football. Up to now, I hadn't ever been dropped from a team, which is crazy in two and a half years of football. I, had it, I know, I was obviously doing something right, but I hadn't yeah. experienced a, a drop. And mm. it came a bit out of nowhere. We played Sheffield Wednesday away on a Saturday, which was a Yorkshire derby. They were flying at the time. We got we got a point. We got drew 1-1. One, one. I had mm. a fairly solid game. And then the next game, the manager pulled me in and just said, I'm going with someone else tonight, not going to be in the team. And um, the team won, I think, 4-2, I think it was 4-2, um, away from home, and then they just kept winning and winning. And I couldn't get back in the team. And then I was in and out of the team, in and out of the team, and then a new manager came in um, around January time and just basically told me within the first week I wasn't going to be part of his plans. So I, my football just went under my yeah. feet, away. Yeah. And then I felt like I had nothing really, no reason to like, like I didn't know what was, what was getting me going, what was keeping me going. And I had a friend in the team called George Monker, who was a Christian. Mm -hmm. He was going through stuff off the pitch and he also wasn't playing, but this guy was so happy all the mm. time like he was I always say he was annoyingly happy mm. like and he, he used to come up to me and share with me he used to share scripture with me mm. always used to say I'm praying for you Jace and he used to like just tell me that God has a plan for me and like, I admired his peace uh, 
I, I, I loved how um, he carried himself and he planted a seed within me. I didn't know it at the time. Mm. But we, we, were, we became quite close friends and um, I thought he was a bit strange, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah. but um, I just, I thought he was probably strange because I couldn't believe how happy he was all the time in his circumstances. Mm. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, but because you were in uh, it as well, you're, you're in the same circumstances, like yeah. dealing with all these things. It sounds like there was a sense of loneliness. I mean, naturally, because you're so far away from your family, you've probably your first sense of like real kind of mental health battle yeah. that you're going through. And you've got the guy that sat next to you on the same bus that you're on, finding complete joy and peace in that situation. Flip. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's mm. that's 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 spot on. And mm. um, which obviously I had a bad season at Barnsley in the end, and which led me going back to Wickham Wanderers. Okay. So, um, so yeah, that's that's this life turning moment, isn't it? Like everything that, yeah, I mean, everything that you thought you were was thrown thrown on its head, wasn't it? And yeah. so, when did? So you've got this friend, obviously George. Did he stay up with Barnsley? Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, stayed in touch with him because these friends seem to have a hold on our lives, don't they? Just such good people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you went to to Wickham, and you've it, did you take your faith with you? You know, how did that work at Wickham? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say at this point I even had faith. I would just say that you know I would. Um, I was very interested by by George and. Um, um, how he carried himself, but when I was at Wickham, football was going well again. Um, I was, I was back in the team playing. I noticed I still had a bit of a fear lingering in the background. If I come on a team, how am I going to be, etc. Um, but I knew that um, football was good again, really. But um, something wasn't something wasn't right within my mindset. Something had changed through that experience at Barnsley. And um, I was having lunch one day, and there was a guy called Alex Samuel and another guy called Ben Fremper who were across um, across the table from me. And mm. they started, they were talking about Jesus. And I always say, the way they were talking about Jesus was like he was in the room, like he was their best friend. Like mm. the way they spoke about him was not like I'd heard anyone speak about him before. Wow. And I I was like listening to a conversation over here, but I wasn't really listening. I was listening to them too. I was mm -hmm. hearing them talk and I was blown away by it. I started asking them questions, started um, sharing with me their stories and about how God had changed their lives. And mm -hmm. um, both were similar. I hadn't grown up in a Christian home, but just sharing with me how, what God had done for them and who God is to them and, I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like, <coughs> we were talking for a long time and um, I just had so many questions. Mm. And uh, it felt like a really safe space to speak. And Wickham is an amazing club, you know, it, it has that element to it. Sometimes in some football clubs, you feel like you can't talk about certain things, whereas Wickham is amazing. Like, some of the conversations that I uh, had in the dressing room are just incredible. Um, and, mm. um, yeah, so that that month, me, Alex and Ben started meeting up for coffee. I think we went up for coffee every day we possibly could that month. Yeah. I had so many questions. Um, I was asking them about um, prayer, about the Bible, and they were telling me who Jesus was. They were sharing the gospel with me. Yeah. They were telling me about the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I was opening my eyes opening my mind up to the fact that this could be real and might be real. Yeah. But I had an idea of it and they told me about what it was about, but it needed to become real to me. Yeah. Like it, I, I needed to encounter him to know yeah. that he is real. And yeah. I needed, uh, it's all very well and good being told about it, but I needed to know and understand who he is and that mm. he ultimately wants a relationship with me. So, yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And how long did that process kind of go on for? And and and, and also, Wickham's been. I've I've seen it be recognised for having a faith-based kind of culture. Where does that come from? Has that been the start? What's your experience of that? Um. So yeah, 
it does have a massive mm. faith-based culture and that comes from Alex. Um, okay. So Ale Alex um, came to the club probably four or five years ago. He's not here anymore, um, mm. but he um, it started from him and Ben Fremper. Alabeo, I think Fenwell was here already. He's a Christian. Okay. Um, maybe he wasn't as outspoken in his faith as um, maybe he, he is now or is with us now. Um, yeah. And that led, anyway, Alex brought me to the Lord. There was another guy called Cameron Yates who was led to the Lord. Mm. Um, and do you know what? Uh, God has an amazing way of bringing Christians also to Wickham really? Football Club. Um, yeah, and do you know why I say this is such a testimony is because um, our manager and our um, assistant here do so much character referencing when they buy players or when they get players in, and so many come through are Christians. So the fact that they're saying they're looking for good people yes. as well as good players, yes, they seem to be Christians. Yeah. So. Um, it's an incredible testimony, really, yeah. when you think of that. So we've we've had a lot of lone players that come in who have been Christians, mm. and um, yeah, it, we have a group that pray before games, and it's incredible. It's something that I, you won't see in changing rooms mm. um, in in this country, really. Um, but um, God has just done an incredible work for the changing room and and through the club because the club have had a, a really a really big rise um the last couple of years in terms of their league position and yeah um where they're punching to i'm sure can i just pop the toilet for one minute of course mate of course right? absolutely. Absolutely. I'm back. I'm, no i'll literally be back in one minute <laughs> <laughs> no problem mate no problem yeah all right cool good interlude. Good, interlude. good interlude yeah well guys it, this is absolutely fantastic story i'm really enjoying it i'm like i don't know if i just zone out i'm like looking at looking at Jason with awe and, and taking in, lapping up every every nugget of, of information he's given right now, really enjoying it. It's a good opportunity to say that if you are uh, listening, I'm going to just remove uh, while, he's, uh, while he's there. Um, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, it'd be a great time to um, subscribe and like the video down below. Our goal is just to be able to have conversation, facilitate conversation with people that are real examples of their faith in their day to day. Um, and it, this is why I've been able to reach out to to Jason. He's such a great example of that. And I hope you can hear that. I'm sure you can hear that through his story. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, and also, of course, available on all podcast platforms, um, Spotify, Apple podcasts, um, you can find out that's called when two or more with them calls. So yeah, so get involved via that, whichever way you prefer to listen to this. I am thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying this conversation. It's going really well. But uh, but yeah, let's I think he's back. So let's let's get back into it. He's back. Thank you, mate. <laughs> thank you sure i've never had to do that before on a podcast or zoom but i really had to go <laughs> that's, awesome. that's awesome mate i was just winging it i was just winging it like rotating down the whole the same you, thing mate. you're a natural. That's fantastic <laughs> awesome um and were you with your oh no in fact one more you know, we we're talking about wiccan weren't we that's fantastic and and it's testament also to you know alex he, he went to is it ross county he went to yeah yeah, he's he's up in Ross County now, and you know, um, I miss him a lot. If I'm being honest, yeah. um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it mm. it's so much easier to share and to um, just to to grow in in twos, and especially yeah. when you're in an environment um, necessary, where it's not necessarily um, Christian based. It's great mm. to have a brother with you in Christ that you can just walk yeah. with in it, and yeah. Um, so I miss him a lot. Um, yeah. There's obviously still Christians here, but I was on such a great wavelength of Alex, and um, I, yeah, I do. I miss him. Yeah, no, that that's that's fantastic. But what I also hear, and I'm sure other people hear, is you, you talk about the the Wickham group being being started by him, and and but what you've carried on, uh, Jason. I want to really honour that because you've you've obviously you know, taken the, the baton from Alex and been able to carry that forward. So I just want to honour your your place within that group and 
Um, it sounds like iron is sharpening iron in Wickham um, from a behind the scenes cultural perspective. And it, and if that comes out on the pitch as well in your results and brings the team together, I think that's that's more to it. You know, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I know that that obviously Akin Fenwar is a is a huge personality, um, and I'm sure iron sharpens iron is the right thing to say when it comes to both what you're you're talking about in, in from a faith perspective but also being a defender in, in training against someone like Adebayo Akinfenwa. <laughs> you, you got anything to say into that mate? I don't mark him, there's no point. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I've got to say. There's no point. I'd if the ball's getting put into him, like I don't even try and get anywhere near him because I don't I don't really want to get barged to the floor. So uh, nah, be, B, yeah. B is an amazing guy. He, he's yeah. an incredible character. He's great yeah. at what he does. And um, yeah. he people sometimes, because of the package he is, and sometimes not talk about his ability. Mm. He's an incredible player. Um, yeah. And that, that deserves to be spoke about as well. So, yeah, no, he's a great guy. Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. You've got a group of you guys that are supporting each other. <laughs> You know, obviously physically, but spiritually, that's incredible. And let's talk about your 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 now wife and the story that comes about. Where did you did you meet her? Is that from Southampton again? And did she come through that that journey with you? Uh, no. Know. So um, yeah. So when um, when I had my encounter um, with the Lord, and um, so also just to sort of fin- you know finish up on that too. So <laughs> what, what basically happened? What basically happened was is that I was in my car one day and I was I was driving along and I was I was listening to a, a gospel song that my friend had sent me Ben who was on that table with yeah. us. Um, I I heard I heard God's voice. God spoke to me. He just mm. he very clearly and plainly told me that he was proud of me and that he loved me. Um, and it was incredible because yeah. you know I'd. I'd had people say that to me before, but it was a voice like I'd never heard before. Um, it was audible. I heard it. It came over my right shoulder. My whole body just lit up with a warmth is the best mm-hmm. way I can explain it. And mm-hmm. I knew that God had just spoke to me. And I knew that everything in my life was kind of leading up to that one moment, which is, sounds a bit um, crazy, but it was. And, Mm. I I just knew in that moment. I wouldn't say in that specific moment right there. I was waiting to hear God, and I wanted to hear His voice, and I was crying out to Him. Mm. He just spoke to me right there in that moment, and I just knew that He was real, and everything from that point would be for Him. And fantastic. I yeah, I had that encounter with him. I heard his voice. I believe we serve, we serve a God who is alive and who speaks mm-hmm. to us and wants mm-hmm. to speak to us. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I experienced that, but my wife wasn't best pleased. Um, mm-hmm. my wife was along with my family in okay. the sense where they thought that from this, you know, I, I'd lost, per, I'd lost my personality um mm. which i'm i'm actually taking a bit of a compliment now because i think well, i'm a new creation in christ yeah. and you know i've i've, I've been transformed mm. and there god has cut away some things that need to be cut away yeah. so i'm pleased that people say that and um she wasn't happy about it she, i remember mm. she got up a big list on her phone of why it was a bad idea and wow. um potentially you know why she might be thinking about leaving our relationship, which was really hard for me to take. Um, She was, she was incredible. Like she's always had been incredible to me. And the thought of losing her was, was scary, but the thought Mm -hmm. of losing God was even scarier. Like I I knew that what I'd encountered is truth. And I knew that if I was to pack this away and leave it, that the rest of my life would be a lie really, which is Mm -hmm. crazy to sort of say, having just literally come to this realization but i just knew and i was willing to put anything on the line for it yeah god god just had done that to me and i think zara saw that 
in me and but she knew that maybe before I was someone who maybe could be easily swayed or someone who you know she knew how much I love her so for me to be saying you know I understand what you're saying but I can't turn away from this mm. you know I, and what I did is I said to her listen because at that point I was telling her everything and anything about God and I was coming home and I was it was God, 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 everything, you know, yeah. I could, you know, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Yeah. Like, and my, it was just a lot for her, I think, which mm-hmm. it would be for anyone. And I understand that looking back now, the yeah. way I, um, share and, and spoke to her, I think, yeah. um, I really, um, God gave me wisdom and I, I didn't, I didn't stop speaking about God, but I just picked mm-hmm. my times and I respected how she felt and um i was just praying for her and i was saying to god you know i pray that she will see the fruit of how what you're doing in me and she started to you know it took it took a lot well it went a lot quicker than i thought it was gonna i thought this was gonna be a long process but it Mm. took a good few months um if we were in this place and then she started asking questions she started asking me about the bible in particular yeah. I think she I think she was asking questions about the Bible to, to prove me wrong. I think she was asking questions about the Bible to try and catch me out. Yeah. Um, but I was a new I was a new believer. I still am really I'm a new believer mm. at this point. And I said to her, Listen, I can't I can't tell you everything like I don't know everything. Mm. Why don't you read it yourself? Like why mm. don't you pick up pick it up and read it yourself? Yeah. And she, to start with, she was like, no, 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 no. She kept asking these questions. And I said, look, I don't know. You, you should read it. You can download the app on your phone. And she's like, what is, you can get it on your phone. And I, she, it's amazing, yeah. really, what people nice. think. Mm. You've got to have this big book in front of you. And, <laughs> you know, I really like reading um, uh, Leatherback. But, mm. you know, I, um, just, no, you don't have to. Like, you, you can you can read it on your phone. So she started reading the Bible and, mm through reading it and trying she started god started answering our questions and she was kind of answering her own questions and i could see her something was going on god was doing it doing something within zara and um yeah i i i saw that um something was starting to happen so i was praying into it and she had an incredible encounter with the lord as well so yeah Amazing, amazing. I'm just going to go back to your encounter for a second. Um, first, uh, the thing that stood out to me the most was how personal your encounter was. As in, it, it all. Of course, it is it's personal when it feels like there's someone in your car whispering in your ear. But <laughs> there's, there's also this element, or what I hear from you, I guess, is this element of um, this belief um that we were talking last week about about the idea of happiness and putting faith in things and finding happiness in things and actually part of my testimony as well is that understanding who i was in the eyes of 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 god and in 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 basically who are made for made new in and who jesus sees me to be changes not just how i view myself but how i view other people and it sounds like you're you're in you went through a, like a similar kind of situation where I'm putting faith and putting trust in all these things and trying to get happiness from all these things, and that's all you needed to hear was when you were yeah. on your own is that moment that whisper in your ear, and it, that's 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 why it stands out to me as being personal because that's all you needed, um, which is fantastic. Um, and when it comes to to Zara, the reason I asked about that is because her story is part of your testimony, and that's that's clear as day isn't it you know actually that must have been a an eye-opening experience for you mate because you know through that you just you've had your faith strengthened to this is what god can do if we if we pray for people if we pursue healthy good conversation and and also i think it's really good how you were like yeah go and go and read the word for yourself because we know there's power in the word as well yeah no 100 percent. i zara's testimony is I share it whenever I share mine because it yeah. has to go hand in hand because um, I was going through massive questions and doubts, you know, of when I was, when I came to the Lord and that how, how is people going to come along this journey with me who I love mm-hmm. and who I'm going to be spending every day with. So 
Yeah. You know, what happened with Zara is incredible. And mm. um, God told Zara, literally, I think it was a day after she got saved, Zara heard God say, um, thank Jason. And I remember when she told me that, I broke mm. down and started crying because mm. I, I, God was really showing me who he was. Like in yeah. his early stages, he yeah. was really showing me who he was. And like you said, that all we needed to hear. Yeah. Like when God spoke them words to me, he was showing me who he was is that he's proud of me and he mm. loves me mm. for, for all, for who I, for who I am in him. And ultimately he's a father and before anything else, I'm a son. I'm a son of, and I'm a child of God. And mm-hmm. that's that's that goes before any other football game. That goes before any other um, disappointment or tribulation in my life. Anything I go through is that ultimately God is proud of me. He loves me, and I, I'm I'm a child of the Most High. Mm-hmm. And that that's all that matters mm-hmm. that's fantastic mate that's that's so good so good to hear so encouraging you're using your platform for good and and that's why when i saw your stuff and obviously I, you know i um saw your interview with with christian taylor i was like i gotta reach out to this guy this guy's got a story and that, <laughs> and just hearing that throughout has been has been fantastic where would you be um in fact i'm gonna i'm gonna go down um you obviously at one stage were the only person in your family that was a Christian. That must have been huge, especially in those moments you talked about when Zara saying, well, you know, if you don't change, I might, you know, I'm considering going elsewhere. How did you feel? Did you fit? You obviously felt that pressure, but did you nearly sway or how did that go about? And what would you say to somebody that's in that situation being the only Christian in their household now? it's hard you know no one it's good it's fair to say as well at this point you know that um i haven't seen any of my family members come to know the lord yet mm-hmm. in terms of i've seen my wife um and obviously that's changed the complete dynamic of you know then we've had two kids so our whole our whole family has changed mm-hmm. but and how how we are going to raise our children how we are raising our children and stuff has changed mm-hmm. but I haven't seen my mum, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, uncles, aunties. I haven't seen them get saved. So I know what it's still like to be in that environment okay. where people are around who don't necessarily um, believe or have the same beliefs. And um, it, it isn't easy. Mm. It's, it's really hard. Um, but all I can say is, and all I can say this from is, from being in this position myself is that we have to trust God and Mm. we have to use every opportunity we can to share about Mm. the Lord. But often sometimes we won't share. And in Mm. the moments don't feel condemned that you're not sharing Mm. because I believe that God is using us all the time in every situation, even how we carry ourselves and how we react to certain situations, how we speak God is using us. Mm. So I believe that sometimes, you know, fruit comes from a long period of time and Mm. it takes a lot of pressing and it takes a lot of time for it just to, for the harvest to come. And I just, I just trust God with my family. You know, I trust Mm. that they will know him and that ultimately I, I, I pray and I hope he uses me, but I, God can use anyone. God used a donkey, mm. you know, to to speak to people. So God can use anyone, mm. you know. Mm. I just, I trust God at the end of the day. And it, sometimes it's really hard. But in them moments, don't ever feel ashamed when you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you to share. Don't ever feel ashamed because God can do incredible things in them situations. Yeah. And you don't know how people are going to react. Um, And I always say sometimes as well, and I noticed this in the dressing room environment too, sometimes people might react a certain way in groups. 
mm-hmm. but one to one are very very different yeah so um yeah i think if you can have them conversations one to one as well yeah. with family members and with them people um it can be really powerful and you just find people in their need you know we all need christ and everyone needs help and everyone needs hope and it's just being available and being ready i think is yeah. is the big thing it's really good mate really good uh, you you shared some real good wisdom there about just sometimes it's just even in the small stuff i really like that point I, I heard something recently that says sometimes being a christian or being a, a good christian as it were is just not being an idiot as in and i like that point it wouldn't be it wouldn't be language i'd use but but you know what i liked about it was that yeah like we do take a lot of that responsibility into that that kind of selfishness still comes into our christian life sometimes where it's like oh what can i do what can i say that the responsibility is fully on me and that's not the case at all You, you rightly said we have a job and obligation to try and share but also i think our prayer should be know when to speak when know when not to speak as well because in those moments it's really important that everything that you say everything you do says its own message and and has has meaning and and i think it's just so so valuable to know to take that pressure off yourself and just be yeah you know consistent and that's that's what i hear from you mate and that's that's fantastic so encouraging to hear brilliant no 100 percent, i agree Mm. um and so with with uh, no, I'm, I'm going to put this to you. Where would you be, Jason, without Christ right now? Knowing, I asked that question because I think only you know who you were prior. Yeah. What would be, what distractions would have been in the way? What kind of life? I imagine with a football thing, there's the ego thing as well. Where would where would that where would you be? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I like. I don't want to know like if mm. i'm being if i'm being honest like yeah. i think yeah. that um i would be in a um, i've obviously gone through a lot of harder times as well <laughs> since um what i've shared and mm. i think you know especially in football sometimes you can take it out on people so you can yeah. damage relationships and you can mm. often there can be sometimes a blame culture and pointing the finger at managers or pointing the finger at um agents or you know i think maybe i would have had a lot more broken relationships and um i you know sometimes it's you know it's hard to separate you know football and stuff like that you can think it's your whole life and i think Mm. when i we used to go through them times in football when it's hard i used to end up hating football and not enjoying the game at all whereas you know, God's really taught me to, I can have joy in any circumstance in anything that's going on. Mm. Um, so I don't know whether my joy for football would be there without Christ. Um, yeah. Yeah. and I just know the Lord has blessed me so much in terms of, um, my family, in terms of um, my children and, yeah i'm just i'm so grateful and i've done life with god and i've done life without god and mm. you know god wins every time that's fantastic that's that's great i think yeah you, you are right I, I definitely don't want to drag you to a place that you're not because that'd be unwise but but i do what i do hear from you is this sense of kind of appreciation of this is what god's done in me like this is where i am now this is what i have to be thankful for um and that's that's just just brilliant it's, it's so, so encouraging and, and there may be people that are at that stage now that think oh maybe this is worth it you know yeah. maybe i should just knock at this door um and what would you say to people that are at that stage now that are maybe you know at their their jason sat at that table focusing on one conversation with their eyes but listening to conversations like this with their ears that wouldn't declare they were listening to this conversation with their ears what would you say to that person there and then well i believe that god wants relationship with all of us Mm. i believe that god isn't looking for us to be perfect god isn't Mm. looking for us to be ready to meet him um Mm. 
and he also understands that maybe we're not going to understand everything mm. i believe that god just wants relationship and he wants us to know him and yeah. i would say that you have you have nothing to lose but everything to gain you have mm. everything to gain and um god can make all things new and no matter where he's at sorry no matter where you're at in your situation mm. No matter where you're at in your life, whether you're in a good place, you think, or whether you're in a bad place, you think, God can meet you in that need. And all he wants to do is help us. All he wants to do is for us to be on his plan. And the Bible says his ways are higher mm. and his thoughts are higher. And sometimes we have an idea of how we should live or the Bible says mm. There's a there's a way that seems right to a man, you know. Sometimes mm. we have an idea of how we think things should go or how things should not go, and you know, my life is a really good testimony to the fact that on paper I have a great life, but yeah. I wasn't happy. But I wasn't happy, yeah. and I've only been fulfilled through Christ. Mm. So God can fulfill every need. God can fulfill every. Um, burden that you're feeling and he wants to share with you in the victories as well um, so I would say if you're on that fence go mm. for it um, and you might on the other side of it just find the be the thing that you've always been looking for mm. Mm. that's fantastic fantastic mate thank you and so what does the future hold for you I know um, obviously you're still at Wickham, but you're still you, you you have your career you know god willing to, to to step into is wickham the the place now that you would try and stay at for as long as you can or are you open to the the move or you must be established church-wise as well how does that how's that suit you um yeah like i i don't i try not to look too far ahead but i i mm. do believe that my my career had been very choppy and changey i've been moving every season and God had actually been speaking to me about a place, you know, and I, he wanted me and my family to be settled. And I believe that, you know, well, God is really using me at this club. I, I believe that he has real purpose for me here. Um, mm -hmm. like, so I'm not trying to look too far ahead, but I feel like there's plenty of work still to be done here at Wickham. And okay. I, I really, really enjoy it here, if I'm being honest. I, right. I love the club. Um I really enjoy the people I work with in terms of the staff and my teammates um, mm. and the fan base is great here. I have a really good connection with the fan base too. Mm. Um, my family are really settled here and happy here. That being said, if God turned around tomorrow and said, I need you to move here or wherever, mm. I would. But I, I, I love it here and I can see myself being here for a long time um, and you know, in terms of after my career, I'm open, you know, I'm really open. To, I, 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 as you can gather, I love telling people about the Lord. And, mm. um, I would love to do that maybe in, maybe in a ministry, um, cool. or in whatever that looks like to him. I'm, I'm really, in, me and my wife have spoken about it a lot and God has spoke to us a lot about maybe doing something together. It's funny, similar to what you and, your partner are doing, um, mm. but um, we we would love to do something together. Me and my wife, we don't know what yeah. that looks like either. But um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm really open. You know, I, I just want to do God's will, and um, I want to advance His kingdom. So whatever that looks like to Him, I, I'll be I'll be ready. That's awesome. Well, your your kind of willingness, your obedience, is something that really stands out and keep on man fantastic keep keep going um and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like you're kind of an all or nothing type guy is that is that is that right yeah yeah but 100 percent. yeah but but i feel like the way you do it is with a with a hum, such a humility and meekness that it's not gold guns blazing and well I'm, I'm in too deep here you do it so you're such a good communicator and you you communicate and and it feels like all that you're doing is with such a meekness and humility and authenticity 
Um, I've just been really touched by that, and I'm sure that will be the the vibe that people pick up off you. Um, and I think <laughs> I don't doubt for one minute that you and Zara have a have a fantastic purpose ahead, and that God is really building, going to use your story in order to build you up um, for the kingdom. And so that's that's fantastic. Thank you, Stuart. I really appreciate that, man. I'm encouraged mm -hmm. by you too. Mm -hmm. Bless you, man. Thank you. Um, well, yeah, I think that's probably a great place to to bring this bring this to an end. Um, yeah, it's it's been a fantastic. Thanks for your your vulnerability and authenticity and sharing your story. Um, yeah, and and um, I see on on social media, so you know you're you're happy to kind of share your faith. So definitely go and follow Jason uh, if you're watching this this podcast or listening to him because he's using his platform well to share his football, uh, which we all love, but also his story of faith uh, along with that. Um, so yeah, let me thank you again, um, and and we'll just we'll just bring this uh, bring this to an end, Jason. So bless you, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Awesome. Thank you, Stuart. God bless you, man. <laughs>